Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on a Friday in the end of towards the end of May. Wow. <laughs> Give us a call. 718-664-9098. Like always, Ray and Tay today at gmail.com. Give us your top five small forwards. We'll be talking about that soon. Check out RayandTayToday.com for back shows. Hear all of Ray and Tay's recent episodes of our top fives started off with what center and shoot, no shooting guard, center, power forward, today, small forward, and then on Monday, the PGs, the point guards. But um, hey, it's, it's a lot, lot of fun, lots to talk about. Let's jump into it. Before we get to the NBA stuff, Ray and Tay like to go a little bit off the field, some different stories bouncing around. Ray, I'm going to let you start it, man. We got the, the tennis, the French Open coming, but our man, since 1999, he's been in every major. Roger Federer will not be playing. What's going on, Ray? Well, he's nursing that back injury, and like you said, he has not missed a major since the U.S. Open in 1999. So that was the last major of that decade, that century, and that millennium. So, I know, right? That's crazy. The boy is only 34, but it seems like he's been around forever. So the ever, interesting ever? thing in the French, forever, ever. So interestingly, on the French, so Serena Williams ranked number one. The draw came out this morning, and she's going for her third out of the last six French Opens. And on the men's side, of course, Djokovic is the prohibitive favorite, but he has not won at Roland Garros. So he's going for his first French Open. And, of course, he's got to go through Rafael Nadal potentially in the semis, which he did last year. And then Stan Wawrinka beat him and surprised the world. So Djokovic is definitely the favorite, and he wants to complete his personal Grand Slam, but it's not going to be easy. Clay's not his surface, but it's he's not. Still the but he's, I think he's ready. He's been preparing for it, and I think mentally, you got to believe he's learned from his mistakes the last two years there. You know what I mean? But Where some he was getting have close. Clay in their mind, you know, the bugaboo. Look how long it took Federer. Now Federer did have to beat Nadal in his prime, but that clay is just such a different surface, you know. And if you don't play on it, they play one or two warm-up tournaments on clay all year a tough surface if that's not your natural surface. No, you're right. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Then, you know, and, and some crazy stuff. What is going on at Baylor? There have been nine women who have had allegations and char- potential charges of assault or sexual assault against Baylor football players. You know, this is going back from 
was it 08, 09? I mean, our bios, our bios, we don't know if he's, and they're saying the cover-up could go through with the cops. I mean, it's just a lot, but you know that old smoke, there's fire. And would this be the first, or would you be shocked to hear that local small college town police, you know, are involved in covering up and protecting football players? No, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I wouldn't be shocked at all. The amount of money that these programs generate and the amount of power that these programs have, especially in smaller college towns, is unbelievable. And it's all about football. I mean, you you just look at the conferences and how – Ten years ago, conferences looked different, and it's just simply because of the money that college football generates. So I wouldn't be surprised if if, if the stories are even 10% true, then it's just awful. And my yeah. guess is, like you say, if there's smoke, there's fire. It may not be, you know, it may not be 100%, but right. uh, anything more than 0% is a big deal. We've got to get to a place, though, at college campuses in general where – Look, let's not be Pollyanna. Date rape and sexual assaults happen just in fraternities and regular, like, college kids. It happens let in alone. society, too. So let's yeah, in society, say that... too. So let alone the athletes, right? And yeah. I, we know basketball and football and different athletes at different college campuses have been protected forever. So I think as men and young men and as leaders and administrators, we just got to do better at sort of being respectful and protecting the rights of these young ladies on these campuses, it, it's got to just be everybody, you know, stepping forward to make sure that happens. So let's hope that all works out on the positive side. But right now, Baylor football, that that could get really, they could get like a serious ban. I, who knows? Who knows? So another thing, two things in the NFL. One, my Pittsburgh Steelers have got robots. I don't know if you saw this, but they got the tackling dummies moving around. They can do the 40-yard dash and a 5.0, and they're training with them. And, you know, I I love the NFL using technology so players aren't getting hurt as much. But uh, you want to go uh, tackle a robot or bang into a robot, Ray? Well, it started out, one of the Ivy League schools was doing that. One of the Ivy League schools stopped, was it Harvard or Cornell? Somebody like that. They stopped, it was a couple years ago, doing Mm -hmm. live tackling in practice. And then some of the other colleges, you know, major Division I colleges looked at it. And then, of course, the pros looked at it. So, you know, it's very interesting. Um, uh, Unfortunately, in society, not in society, but just in terms of, physical muscle memory, you have to do things over and over and over and over again to, to, to really perfect your your skill. But with CTE and concussions and repetitive, you know, impact, you have to look at these things as, as crazy as they sound. And maybe the game won't be as good, but you know what? I'll take a game where tackling is not as good and we have less brain injury. 
and we have fewer people with CTE and fewer people dying and fewer people committing suicide. I'm okay with that. I'm okay to sacrifice the game a little bit. So I'm all for trying out these technologies, seeing if they, they'll never they'll never completely catch on because there's a lot of machismo in football, and you know I don't know that people will definitely the old school cats. It will take a generation or two to to change their mindset, right? But you know what? If you can limit the number of hits and limit the right. brain impact, why not? You got to look at it. You have to. You have to, but also on a positive side, there's a, a big campaign to encourage flag football all the way up through sixth grade and not to do um, helmets and pads until they're getting to at least junior high school. And I think that that sounds really progressive and positive to me along with shoulder pads and helmets having the highest technology, you know, for them. So it's all in the right direction. Now on the other side, you got to believe the football guys are excited for the Jaguars, but they're also like holding them back. Jalen Ramsey gets hurt in the second phase of rookie mid camp and it's the meniscus, but it's looking like he sees James Andrews early next week that if it's just a small tear, it'll be four to six weeks. And then if they have to do the full-on surgery, it's four to six months. That would be crazy, Ray. I mean, that team it, it, looks it'll like be fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Your boy's fine. I think he'll be fine, too. years old. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Yeah. No, I know. But you know what? Come on. The Jaguars have been through enough. You, you, you kind of, you know, right. Miles you Jack. You don't want this on anybody. Let him him know. And, Dante Fowler's healthy, so he's just getting back from last year, didn't get to play. And that team looks promising. I mean, quiet is kept. They could be a Nate. They could be a wild card. They could fight for that division, depending on how good the Texans' moves are. And if the Colts, you know, the Colts, people think the Colts drafted four offensive linemen, that everything's okay. They still got issues, you know, plenty of other positions, including that defense. So it's not like the Colts are automatically the division winners either. So the Jaguars, they definitely have a shot, if you know what I mean, a chance. So we'll see. So let's, let's get to the NBA, man. It, it, it's all about the coaches right now before we get to these series. Um, two jobs have been fulfilled. You know, we kind of hinted at it last show. Vogel is official with the Magic. We both like that. Ex-Pacer coach going to Orlando, that young roster. But then the real drama that played out the other night is now official. Jeff Hornacek agrees to coach our New York Knicks. People are having so many mixed emotions. I didn't get to see the cover, the back page of the New York Post. You'd have to tell me what they said. But, you know, he was out here in Phoenix. I saw him get 48 wins, you know, three years ago for a team that no one expected and they missed the playoffs by half a game or a game. And then, you know, things went kind of south and turned the wrong way for multiple, you know, multitude of reasons. What do you think about Hornacek? And he's not sort of the triangle guy. Does this mean Phil's leaving after next year? Is it Phil changing his mind and opening up to a new direction? Is it a Dolan hire? How do you see it? I think this is one where Phil and Dolan probably collaborated. And Phil probably said, look, I don't think Phil wants to screw the Knicks, right? And I don't think Phil is at a point where, given his track record of coaches that 
frankly, he handpicked and, and coached under him that he has much of a leg to stand on, right? So Dolan says to him, Phil, you want to coach? Phil says no. Dolan says to him, Phil, you want to coach? He says no. <laughs> so the third time around, he says, Phil, I can't have one of your guys. I mean, your guys haven't proven to be any anywhere near the level that we want them to be here in New York. So you got to get me somebody else. And apparently – Phil, I mean, I'm speculating, totally speculating, right? And Phil went out and said, all right, who's a young coach that's kind of on the market, doesn't really have a stamp, right? I'm not going to bring in George Carl. I'm not going to bring in maybe even a, a Van Gundy, somebody like that, or even a Mark Jackson. I want a young guy that I can kind of shape, kind of mold. Maybe he's got his own views, but is open to my views at least. So I think that it was a compromise, basically. Yeah, and, you know, and I've heard different – schools of thought that I kind of agree with and like that Hornacek, you know, under Jerry Sloan, who Phil respected, he learned he was a, a great shooter, a, you know, a good player himself, that he's, you know, really good at working with, you know, guys in the pick and roll and is, you know, holds the young players accountable. And um, I guess we got to give it a go. You know, I still feel I would have loved Mark Jackson here. I think it would have really uh, riled up the fan base, a New York, uh, city kid, Brooklyn zone, St. John's and a former point guard of the Knicks and a rookie of the year of the Knicks. It just would have been, it would have been good, but you know, we have to see how this works out now, Memphis and Houston, the last two jobs left Houston. They're saying it's between Mike D'Antoni and uh, Paul Silas's kid. Um, I've got his first name. I don't know if it's Silas jr. Or whatever, but Silas. And so I don't know. That's, you know, and I haven't heard the finalists for Memphis or if they even got into that place yet, but do you think Mike D'Antoni either deserves or needs another job? And is Daryl Morey like, Ooh, you know, I love the money ball and the threes and he's the guy that can push it up and, and, and the threes. And that means they got to trade Dwight Howard if he wants to opt in or they got to tell him not to opt in or, or hopefully he opts out. I mean, cause I don't see Howard working with D'Antoni that didn't work in LA. Right. Do they go that way, or do you go with Silas? What do you What do you think about Houston? Well, I don't know enough about Silas. Uh, the one thing I will say about D'Antoni is, I mean, you know me, I, I didn't like him in New York. I hated him uh. in, in in L.A. Um, but instead of revamping the whole Rockets roster, which is probably harder to do, you could bring a coach in and create a unique offensive style. And maybe you say to yourself, the reason to bring D'Antoni in, you say to yourself, you're a Robert Ory hip check away from potentially going to a finals in also a stacked, you know, West. What was that, about 10 years ago, right? So so he had playoff success. When he was with Phoenix, right. When he was with Phoenix, when he had stars, right? He had Steve Nash in his prime. Amari Stoudemire in his prime, and a bunch of role players. Think about how many role players turned out to get big-time contracts because oh, of the Mike D'Antoni and Marbosa. He had a crew. He had a crew. Yeah, yeah. and 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 Nash. But Houston Nash doesn't have that, Ray. Right? I mean, come on, be be real. It's it's. I don't I don't mind their roster. I think that they're, uh, D'Antoni might be frustrated because of their offensive, you know, uh, um, capabilities. But you look at that West. And but you they don't have the, they don't have shooters. 
Besides Harden and Ariza. No, I know, I know. That's why that's why D'Antonio would get frustrated. But I'm just saying, if you're Daryl Morey, if you're the ownership of the Rockets, what do you do? I mean, you look at that West and you say the West is so tough. So maybe it was, it was the worst thing that they went, that they came in second in the West two years ago and went to the Western Conference Finals. Because now they think that this roster can compete when, in fact, it might have to just get completely blown up. Um, so I don't think they could go with a traditional coach. I think they have to go out of left field. And maybe Outside Mike Dantoni is, okay. is your left field candidate just because he's so unique in his approach to basketball. I, I I guess I buy that, especially because of who the GM is. And I guess the owner is just – he's totally detached. He's like, uh, you know, I, I make too much money el- elsewhere. Uh, Maura, you run the team until you embarrass me. Because it, it's uh, – it, I don't know. I, I I love Harden, but, you know, he – He's, he's it's hard in a to weird build position. a team around him, frankly. It, it, it is. I think I think anybody would admit that, and I think people are realizing, and and you know, there's more talk about it. That first of all, he didn't come in the season in the best of shape, but people are not fond of, or loving playing with him. Now maybe that changes, and maybe he's maybe he needs to relinquish playing sort of that point two guard and let a real point guard do it, or. If you're going to have him play the point two, then your, your, your two guard needs to be just a pure shooter. J.J. Redick, a young Devin Booker, somebody that is just about three-point buckets, then don't have, you know, like a pure, like don't have Patrick Beverly because he can't shoot at all. Have, have somebody off of him that he can really work with. So speaking of that, let's talk about the, the lottery and give the Sixers their congrats, you know, whatever you want to say about whatever. They got the number one pick. You got to believe it's going to be Simmons. Um, you know, Brett Brown is like, hey, Sarek and Embiid. Embiid is not playing in summer league, but he's looking ready. He's getting ready. So if you're the Sixers, maybe you can trade Okafor. You have 24 and 26 along with number one. So maybe you could package two picks for a veteran. You've got four second rounders. What do you think the best direction is for Philly? Are you in the Simmons camp? Are you in the Ingram camp? Or are you even in the trade camp? What are your thoughts? What do they do? You don't trade the pick. I think you take one of the two. And can I just say, it's like, dun, 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 dun. I love it when a plan comes together, right? This is their plan. They got a top three pick three years in a row, and it's Embiid, Okafer, and probably Noel. Simmons. And Noel, so Noel, Noel was a, was a trade, right? He was a trade for it was sixth. Noel was number six, and he was a trade for Drew Holiday. Right. But the point is that the old GM did this, and then the Colangelos go in and benefit from this. I kept saying I want to be the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. They're going to have a great young nucleus, and especially yeah. if, if Sarek comes, uh, you know, and, and plants. I tell you what. But can they lure free agents, Ray? Because you know they're going to need some veterans. They've got cap money. Can they I sign? I think why guys? not with the Colangelo's there? Why not? Why not? You trade Okafor for starting backward, right? Uh, you sign Rondo. Uh, Rondo has baggage. I don't know. Yeah, I'd Mike rather Conley. sign. You give I'd Mike Conley the like, and take Mike Conley there. Mike Conley, Jeff Teague. I, I could take those guys. 
I, you know, Atlanta's going to have to give up somebody. So even Dennis Schroeder, I, I could take one of those guys. I don't, I don't even know that you need. The, depends. Depends how you compose the team. But right. uh, you know what? Ingram is looking more and more interesting these days to me. Um, well, because he's, he's buckets right away. Even though he's, he's skinny, you know right he can away. score. He's stable. He's He can score. Um, that's a very interesting job in Philly, and and I look forward to to that. Philly team is going to be pretty good. Philly and Milwaukee, man, those those teams are still on on the up. So the what do you like? Up, what do you like about the Lakers? Them getting probably the second, you know, the choice, the opposite choice of Philly. I would say it's probably going to be Ingram, who I like for their roster as well. And then they have cap space. Do you think they can lure? If they can't get Durant, do they get an Al Horford or DeRozan, and then build yeah, with those? Yeah, I almost, I almost don't want them to get that tier two player. Hold uh, out you know, for, for, for Lakers fans. Yeah, hold out for Westbrook, <laughs> yeah. Durant. You know, one of those superstar, one of those megastars, because that's what they're used to, and frankly, that's what uh, they've always been able to pull off. They've always right. had a star, right, since the beginning of time. Then a couple year, a couple down years, but for the most part, they've always had that star. So I wouldn't go out maxing DeRozan or, <laughs> or Horford. Well, I, you know, and it's so funny because I, I we've seen it in this playoffs, and we'll talk about it shortly. But, uh, you know, DeRozan, I, I don't think he's he's our, he's in our top five shooting guards, but he'll, you know, he'll stay at a certain level. He's never going to be a superstar. He's just – Kind of like a, I'm I'm an all star like you know 11th 12th guy but I'm an all star, and that's okay like you know that's all right but I don't think the Lakers want to give him, you know 20 million a year to do that. So then I guess really the draft starts sort of you know from three to six. So you have Boston three, Phoenix four, Minnesota five, and New Orleans six. And th- those those teams are pretty fascinating. So real quick, Ken, would you be shocked if Boston took Buddy Hield? because none of their guards are shooters, and is it time for them to move away from the Avery Bradley or the Marcus Smart and say, you know what, some teams can take a Bradley because he plays defense. He can go to a veteran team and help them. So let's trade Bradley. Let's draft Buddy Heald, get a real shooter in there to play with Isaiah Thomas, and, you know, trade, you know, their ton of other picks that they have, three picks in the first round, four in the second round, and try to get – you know, a, a veteran to help out this team. Do you think Danny Ainge could pull that off? Could. I think Avery Bradley, because he got hurt and because he's so small, his trade value is kind of diminished. Um, I don't know that people are going to be – You know, he, he has a, a nice impact on defense, and he's getting better offensively, frankly. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not sure you get that much for him. And I'm also not sure that Buddy Heald, you take him that high. I, I just I don't see too. it. So many people are projecting him at three, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know. But I, but I then when I look at these that. guys, the kid look. from Croatia, Bender's big. Um, yeah. Jalen Brown's got tremendous athleticism. He's only a freshman, though. You don't want to get too, you know, excited about that. Right. And then Jamal uh, Murray and Chris Dunn, you're kind of like, eh. Yeah, and Chris Dunn, you kind of have, and Marcus Smart, like, uh, exactly. he's a different player, but you know, not pure. How about Sabonis? It might be early for him, but what about Sabonis? The talent is there. He is probably a step up from Olenek and Sullinger, 
Could be interesting, Ray. Yeah, and he's the type of player that is very skillful. So he's tall. Yeah. He's not as wide and not as beefy, but he's skillful. He's got great hands, great feet. And you know what? He might even put on 10 pounds, 15 pounds. So I liked him all along, and I think he'll be a nice addition to a roster. I don't know that he's a superstar, but he'll be a very nice addition to somebody's backcourt. But you think he's got a better upside than Olenek and Tellinger, don't you? Of course. I, I, you yeah. know me, I hate that Boston roster. Man. I know, I, think they, I know. They I know. win in spite of that roster. Uh, I know. Uh, real quick, before we uh, leave this uh, sort of N- N- NBA draft lottery talk, um, Chris Dunn kind of made like a weird statement that he kind of, you know, doesn't want to play or compete with a team, teams that have a bunch of guards, sort of like Phoenix and Boston. You know, some say, you know, doing like an Eli Manning, he doesn't want to play for these teams. And, you know, maybe he wouldn't be drafted three or four anyway, but I feel like, and, and, you know, it's more about his medical, right? He had two different shoulder injuries, one in high school, one in sophomore year in college, doesn't want to give the medical to Phoenix and Boston. That's kind of weird and also disappointing. I'm like, yo, Chris Dunn, you're not that good to try to demand who should take you or, you know, you know what I mean? Like control your fate. And to me, he'd be lucky if he went six to New Orleans because he could drop down further. How do you see he Chris could. Dunn? If he doesn't go yeah. to New Orleans, he might drop several spots. So, yeah, that is a little weird. Usually if you're the number one overall player, maybe you have some leverage. But yeah. to have a guy who could go, like you said, four to ten, talking right. about, I don't want to go here, I don't want to go there, mm, really. And plus, <laughs> you know, it's three, four years, you know. Your, your big contract is your second one. So, yeah. the NBA Well, you will, know, maybe he goes to Sacramento, him. right? Because they might not sign Rondo. They said they're not going to pay Rondo crazy money, and uh, they're going to need a point guard. So, hey, if he drops, he, he, I bet they'd scoop him up at eight, you know? Yeah, that would be a great fit, actually, for him. It would. So, we'll get back to the draft is June 23rd. We'll do, uh, you know, that week before the draft, we'll do our uh, our first-round mock draft and predict who we think is going to go and give you a lot of draft coverage here. To the playoffs, Uh no games tonight. They skip, they leapfrog each other. So the West is on Sunday and the East is game three on Saturday. So now the East will be ahead. What did you think about sort of just the, the dominance of Cleveland and what everybody's talking about, Kyle Lowry, his horrible play, and then the disappearance for a minute and a half off the bench. No big deal to me, but whatever. I think it's more of a big deal that he wants to hang out and watch the Warriors game with Tyron Lue. <laughs> and he's texting him because they're friends. Like, no, you, you can't come watch the game with me. I'm coaching against you in the finals right now. That's weird, right? I, I, I'm like, come on, Lowry. It is. And, you know, I don't want to sound too old school, but uh-huh. there's a time to hang out with your boys, drink a beer, and eat some pizza and, you know, watch games, but not when your team is competing. So <laughs> I don't know who needs to get into these kids' heads. But, you know, and and I don't even have a problem with folks training in the offseason. You know, Durant and, and, and LeBron and D. Wade and, and LeBron oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. But, but if you're playing in this series against somebody, you can't be going to dinner. You can't be hanging don't out. Don't even be calling me. Don't text me or call me either. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's just not – I mean, it's just, just – 
it's just a week. It's just a week, you know, 10 days, whatever. In this case, it's going to be four games, so it'll be eight but is days, he that nine mentally, days. I think he's that mentally gone because his struggles have I been. I think so. I think so. Playoff. He had a couple good games. Right? So, so here's the okay. thing. He was up and down, right? He had a great game six and game seven in the yeah. previous series. So you know, he scored so like maybe, 35 one night, right? I mean, he, yeah, he so maybe he's out. not completely gone. But, but he's never what? shot well. Even he though has Four, and this yeah. is the thing. When your two best players are Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, these are guys that are not good enough to be putting their team on their back and carrying them. So they can't really lead on the court consistently, right? They can have a 30-point game here, a 30-point game there. But they can't really say, look, for the next three, four games, I'm going to take over. So, so they can't lead on the court like that. Apparently, off the court, they're not, you know, vocal leaders either. So you've got a scenario where this comes back to you're in the Eastern Conference Finals, but you have no chance. And this NBA is all about star power. And Toronto has talent, and Toronto has a nice roster. And, yes, they miss Jonas Valanciunas, but they'd still be down 0-2. But they don't have star power. And, you know, if there was ever an example of why you need stars in the NBA and why teams like uh, – why you're almost more likely to win with a team like Houston than you are with a team like Toronto or um, Atlanta is you need stars. You win in this game with stars. And that's just how it is, and that's just how it's going to be, especially in the playoffs. So – Toronto, you know, and if they, we talked about this off air, if they lose DeRozan, then they go back a couple notches, uh, and and you got to feel for the fans up there. So it's almost like they got false hope. Yeah, and honestly, I I would say this: this series is over. We both said it could be probably five, but it's looking like now it might be four. Uh, Vanichulis might not make it back to game four. He's definitely not playing game three. Um, and I think we cannot say enough about the big three, Kyrie, the way he's playing, Love's got his confidence, even JR's got swag, and LeBron on the humble, 23-11-11. Look, he's logging less minutes. He's going to be so ready for Golden State or OKC, and I'm just uh, I'm excited for Cleveland fans and, and, and for LeBron because I think if everybody stays healthy, they've got a shot to win the NBA championship. Real quick, because we got to keep it moving to the West, Warriors bounce back. What do you think happens Sunday, game three? Golden State on the road, back in OKC. Can OKC focus for freaking 48 minutes, Ray, to play defense and and to take better shots? Because if they do that, they could probably win. They can, but I don't think they will. I think they'll split one of two at home, and then it'll go back. I think they lose game three and maybe come back and win game four with their backs against the wall. And you'll see the, the, the crazy Russell Westbrook, like in a good way. <laughs> so uh, I think they go, I think they split at home. Interesting. Okay. Um, we'll see how that plays out. So let's do it, man. Our, our top five small forwards uh, right now in the NBA. And look, one and two are, are really a lock. It's LeBron, the King James and Kevin Durant. See, I, I, I disagree know. right there, though. I, oh, I think see? Kawhi Leonard. Okay, well, we talked about you. Okay, listen, I've been, I've been, I've been uh, very complimentary to your, your your thoughts on this, but on this one, I gotta stay with Durant because Kawhi doesn't score enough. Twenty-one a game, 
six and two, only two assists. Durant this year, 28, 28, seven and six. Did you realize he was doing, I'm sorry, no, 28, eight and five. That's pretty good. You know what? It, look, it's splitting hairs, right? If you gave me Kevin Durant, it kind of depends on the team around you, right? If you need a guy to score and lead, then you take Kevin Durant. But if you've got talent around you, Kawhi Leonard and the two-time defending MVP, Steph Curry, are the only players in the league to score 20, to shoot 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 80% from the line. So, yes, he doesn't give you 28 a game. He gives you 21 a game, and you're right. He'll never be the scorer that Kevin Durant is. Kevin Durant scores from the moment he rolls out of bed. But yeah. well, how about Kawhi this? Leonard, to right me, now, is, is just an unbelievable I know you love it, but how about this? Let him do it one more year and let Dunk retire, and let's see if he can carry a team because he hasn't done that yet. Let him and LaMarcus carry a team, and then you can say he's the second-best small forward. Do you know what I'm saying? All right, who has the ring and who has the finals MVP? But, no, okay, let's let's give you Durant as two, Kawhi as 2A or 3. Paul George has got to be four because I think – as much as I love Melo, Paul is, now that he's healthy, seven rebounds, four assists, you know, he's giving you the 23 points, but he defensively can stick a two and a three. Not so much a four, but he's, I think he's, he's turning that corner. So right now, I would have to put Paul George at four. Now, look, Melo is still my guy, and he gets disrespected. But 21, 7.7, you know, rebounds, 4.2 assists, which people sleep on. Melo is still, you know, doing it. And I think he's still great. I just think Melo right now would have to be five. Now, people would ask, is young Gordon Hayward or Rudy Gay ready to catch up to Melo, Giannis Antetokounmpo or, or somebody else in I'd have to say no. Wouldn't you agree? They're not ready for Melo yet. They're not ready. You know, uh, uh, Nicholas Batum, some people have him as small forward. Most people have him as shooting guard. Yeah, he's he's another forward. one of Tobias these Harris like, is well-rounded guys. Tobias, yeah. There's some players out there, but you're right. I, I think in the end, because Carmelo has picked up his rebounding, he's contributing yeah. on both sides, right? He's not Kawhi Leonard on both sides or even Paul George on both sides, but, but he, he makes an impact. And there's nobody as lethal as still even as, as Carmelo. He gets to the line. He gets fouled. He makes tough shots. He's got oh, he's an body. amazing scorer. He's probably yeah, just he's, pure scoring. He's only behind Durant in pure scoring. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I like it. I feel good about that. So LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. If you had to say who was sixth, would you give it to Gordon Haywood? Is he is he coming up, or do you think it still might be, uh, I don't know, Rudy Gay, Giannis from no, the No, I like Gordon Hayward. I like yeah. Gordon Hayward. Uh, I, I think, think he's right the, there. The potential, if he can get his three-point shot, he only shoots 25% from three, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, but yeah. until he gets that stroke, um, I think he's he's seven. But, yeah, Gordon Hayward. Uh, you know, we may have seen Gordon Hayward's ceiling, right? Gordon Hayward will never well, no, be Kevin yeah, Durant. He's only, what, 19.7, and he gives you the, the five boards and the three assists. You're right. It could be his ceiling. Do you think he needs to gain a little bit more weight? 
No, because I think that'll throw off his game. You know, okay. he, he's he's always been that lean, lanky dude. So I don't know that putting on weight it, it'll help him, right? It's not uh, football, but I just think that we've seen we we know what we get in Gordon Hayward, and it's a top six or seven small forward in the NBA. So it's a very good player. He's not an exceptional player, but a very good player. Okay, so we'll get to the Preakness picks real quick, but baseball, man. Great series, Giants and Cubs. Cubs have, I mean, Giants have won eight in a row. Cubs a little, a little bit of a slump. Um, what are you looking for this weekend with that matchup? Do you think the Giants can continue their 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 streak, or the Cubs are going to put them on pause? I think this it's a great matchup, and yeah. the Cubs will win a couple. I just think the Cubs are just tough. And between the offense, the pitching, uh, I gotta look at the, I gotta look at the, the pitching matchups. But yeah, the Giants, you know, I give the Giants credit. Whenever you write them off, they <laughs> always come back. They won three yeah. out of the last six, uh, three out of the last five, you know, World Series. They're amazing. Can you be quiet? But Johnny Cueto's on fire five? too, Ray. Johnny Cueto's been pitching really good for them, even getting some yeah. hits. You know, and then we got Chris Sale nine and zero. Oh. That hasn't happened since uh, my boy from Arizona, uh, Brandon. Uh, was it Brandon Webb? Started nine and zero a couple years ago, or whatever. But Chris Sale nine and zero for the yeah nine and zero for the for the White Sox. And he's a lefty, you know the lefty. Yeah. Well, you know that was my Cy Young pick, and they played the the five hundred Royals this weekend, so that should be fun. You got the O's and the M's, the Mariners and Orioles, who are both in first place. And the AL East and AL West, M's, uh, what, took care of the O's last night. How do you think this series plays out this weekend? You know, I think the Mariners are a team that when they're right, their talent level and what they can do, and kudos to Robinson Cano with this bounce back Ooh. year, leading the AL and homers and RBIs, I think they can put it on you. Uh, the middle of that Orioles lineup, though, is scary, right? When you've got oh, yeah. Adam Jones has got some help now, right, in in uh, <laughs> Machado, who's probably the AL MVP right now, and, and then Chris Davis, you got some – that's Harvey's wall bangers right there for all you guys who remember the Brewers <laughs> in the early 80s. So um, it's a tough matchup for both teams. Or, I think or wait, or it's even Seattle. Ripken, Murray, and Singleton. How about that? But yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think that uh, uh, Seattle pitches a little better, so I like them. But uh, that should be a great matchup, too. Yeah, so before we leave with the baseball, what's, what's going on with Matt Harvey? I think, you know, they, they booed him last night or the other night at Shea. He's been struggling. Do you think he needs to lose weight, stop partying, stop drinking beer? What, what's going on with Harvey? So he shook. I mean, this guy was the dark knight, started the All-Star game. This was just a year ago, so – I think the contract talk and having Scott Boris as your agent got a little bit into his head and into his psyche, and I'm not sure that he can shake out of it. Uh, he might need to leave New York. I hate to say it. but really? I, Yeah, because you know what? He, the, New York is always planning, I think, to move on from Matt Harvey, believe it or not, because between DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, uh, Stephen Matz, who could be rookie of the year, um, they figured from a, from a money standpoint that Harvey with the whole Hollywood thing is going to want the most amount of money of all those guys. 
and I feel like they've resigned to the fact that they might. And Boris is his agent, right? So he's the tra- he's the one in that team that you could trade, and you still got four horses. That makes sense. Yeah, I think the Mets have always had that notion in Especially the back of their Wheeler's mind. Especially if Wheeler's healthy. Wheeler's healthy, yeah. and okay, then. So maybe listen, maybe he goes to one of these contenders come uh, July or August. That would be that would really be fascinating. Yeah, hold on, we got a caller real quick. Okay. I don't know if they want to. Add something about baseball or basketball. Nicole, you're on the air with Ray and Tay. Oh, we just lost them. All right. So, um, we'll, well keep real going. quick, yeah. with the Preakness, can Nyquist get the second leg of, of the Triple Crown? What are, you, what are you thinking? You know what? I hate to be the naysayer, but I'm going to go against Nyquist. Uh, definitely the favorite at three to five. But oh, yeah. I like I like collected at ten to one. An exaggerator at three to one. So I got two horses going up against the favorite. So we'll see. But yeah, I don't. I don't expect the favorite to keep rolling. Okay. Um, hmm. I'll say exaggerator is going to beat out Nyquist. Nyquist will come in third, but in second, I think it's going to. You know, in place, I think it's going to be uh, North Spirit. So I'm going to go exaggerated, um, Nyquist, I mean, exaggerated, more spirit, and, um, and then Nyquist in third. So let's see exaggerated. We'll get it done this time because that horse is, is, is itching. Should be fun. I wouldn't mind another triple crown, but I, I, I just don't think it's going to play out. I like exaggerated this time around. So it'll be fun. Listen, another great show, great sports weekend. I'm going to say, I got to say, I didn't put my two cents in. I think OKC wins game three. And um, okay. I'm sticking, sticking And then OKC wins games four? Or um, you like OKC winning both at home? You know what? I, it, it all depends if they play the defense and rebound. We'll see. But I'm t- definitely game three. We'll see four. We'll talk about that on Monday because it'll wind up being a probably a Tuesday night game. And I got to say, man, uh, major props to the Diamondbacks. I saw them and the Yankees. It was a great game. And, and um, you know, the D-back fans are, were rooting strong, but the Yankees stopped the sweep. And I just love uh, being at Chase Field. So that was a lot of fun. My six-year-old went to his first game. Even though he's born in New York, Ray, he, he was rooting for the Diamondbacks. And I uh, was pretty upset that they lost. So, I'll tell you this. I got a prediction. Chip Hale, I don't think he makes it through the season for the Diamondbacks as they continue to struggle. I think I think they need someone else to take this team to the playoffs next season. And, you know, I was I jumped the gun. I thought the Diamondbacks would make the playoffs this year, and I, I think I'm going to be wrong, and, I you know, I can say I'm sorry about that. But also Pollock, Pollock's injury threw that off. If Pollock was healthy, they might be a different team. But Shelby Miller, he can't pitch in Chase Field. I don't know what, what's yeah, going what's on. Yeah, what's that all about? It's bad. It's it's really bad. He, he he didn't pitch horrible against the Yankees this game, but he's just had a horrible start to the season. Granke uh, got a nice win and is starting to look better, and he's getting it together now. But um, and Paul Goldschmidt's got to get the back cranking again. You know, he's not having the, the great season that we thought he would have, but he'll heat it up. But uh, Yankees are old and they're a mess. You know, I think we got to start to just get young guys. They got to get young guys. They really do. So. Yeah, I'm uh, 100%. They have to uh, 
get position players that are young, pitchers. They have some young pitchers that they're mixing in there. But did you see Chapman, 5-0, and oh, no earned runs. Oh, that bullpen is sick. The one yeah, home run really is sick. by, um, Dallin by Miller. But, no, oh, no, Miller. And then, but then he came back. I mean, Batantis, Miller, Chapman, it's, un, it's, un, it's unhittable. It's unhittable. Yeah, Even, they uh, all have plus-plus arms. I mean, you're talking about 97 uh, to 101. They should guys, never trade that. Keep that and build around that. You can interchange, you know, you can get other guys in other positions, but those three, that's the gold card right there to, to well, make Chapman it to the Chapman is a yeah. one-year guy, though. He's under contract for yeah, one they, year. They got to they gotta give him the dough. They got to – long-term, they got to sign him, lock him up. That's the key. Ask the Kansas City Royals. Ask the Royals. That's the key. That bullpen is the key in this day and yeah, age. Yeah, but where's your Mike Moustakis and Lorenzo Cain uh, and Alcides Escobar and Sal Perez uh, and Alex Gordon? Where are those guys? Don't make me sad right now. All right. Everybody enjoy. Have a great sports weekend and have fun. And don't listen to Ray making the Yankee fans upset with uh, the lack <laughs> of we got. Enjoy the hoops. Uh, have a Toronto. great sports weekend. Even if Drake shows up, it's still going to be a loss.